you know, some things sometimes we feel like we need to get into this mode of being a corporate brand, even as a musician. I know I used to think that. I used to think, oh, I need people to feel like I have a manager and I have a label and I would never respond to someone directly because I'm too good for that. We need to get rid of that mindset. And, you know, I've been fighting myself to get rid of that mindset for the past three years because I know it doesn't serve me. And the same thing with you guys. No one's going to want to buy your music unless they feel like they have a connection with you and that can be created by a two-way conversation. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, this is Brie Noble, and I want to welcome you to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. And oh man, do I have a juicy show for you today. I am dishing on my top five lessons learned in 2017, so you can apply them to your music career in 2018. Because I'm going pretty in-depth in each of these five lessons, it's a little bit longer than my usual solo shows, so I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm just going to jump right into today's episode that was recorded on Indie Interactive live on Facebook. But I want to jump in to the lessons that I learned this year. And the first number one lesson that I learned this year is relationship is everything. So, you know, when I do these indie interactives, I'm not just doing it because Facebook, you know, encourages you to interact on Facebook to, you know, make the algorithm happy. I mean, that's all good. That's a great byproduct. But there's a reason that they do that. The reason that they do that is because relationship is more important than ever with, you know, our, with social media, it started out as a relationship thing. And then people got into the age of automating a whole bunch of things and, you know, trying to save time and all that stuff. And I definitely do some of that automating as well to take, you know, make it so I don't have to spend all day posting, but I can go in and then interact with people as they're interacting with my posts. That's totally fine. But the reason that Facebook is making this change, and I'm actually going to talk about this next week on Indie Interactive, is that they want to encourage relationships, real relationships that are person to person. And that's one thing that I have really learned this year is relationships person to person are more important than ever. I actually started doing a few one-on-ones with my students this year that I never did before um, because I thought that I didn't have time or I'm not sure I wanted to do that kind of work. It's actually been amazing. Um, I've really been, you know, working hard to create relationships with the people in my academy. Uh, I try to pop in into my other group because I just want to get to know you guys as people. I think that you know, that's just so important for the work that I do that I can't just be blanketing you with information without knowing what it is that you need and what you care about. So um, on that note of relationships being everything, I I know that it's hard to like scale individual conversations, right? So with you and your fans, 
how can you possibly have a relationship with every single one of your fans? I'm not telling you to do that. What I'm saying is you cast a wide net and then you see who responds. So not every one of your fans is going to want to talk with you one-on-one -on -one after a concert. Not every one of your fans is going to want to communicate with you on Facebook Messenger or engage with your posts on Facebook. But if you cast a wide net by doing shows at venues, by um, you know going on Facebook Live or Periscope or where a concert window or wherever you like to hang out online and perform by doing engaging Facebook posts, that's going to allow people to respond to you. Ask questions in your emails and see who responds back. That is going to show who the fans are that are worth investing your personal time in. And so for me, you know, I am getting tons of people on my email list every week, but I don't necessarily interact with each one of them individually, but if they respond to something I say, if I, they respond to a question I ask, if they respond to something I put through uh, Facebook Messenger, I will respond back because I think that's more important than ever to actually know the people that care enough about you and your music or whatever it is that you're promoting, you know, to know them in order to actually have a relationship with them so they'll want to continue to support you. So again, um, the way to apply this relationship is everything lesson is to cast a wide net knowing that you're not going to have a relationship with everyone, but to actually respond to those people that respond to you. And that's why I've built into my day now time to respond on social media, time to respond on many chat when people are responding to our Facebook Messenger messages, um, because it's getting to the point where we're getting a few of those in every day that need personal response. And eventually, you know, I may get somebody to help me with that and then have me respond to the ones that I absolutely have to. But for now, I want to have a personal relationship with those people. I still respond personally to emails when I ask a question in the email and people, you know, respond back with an answer. I want to respond to each one of them specifically. When somebody responds to something on our website, um, it, sometimes when you leave our website, it asks you a question. And if they put a response in there, I write back to them personally. So I want to encourage you. It's not that you can't scale what you do. It's not that you can't talk to a thousand people at a time with an email, but you want to address that to be more like you're talking to one of those people, knowing that you're hoping one of those people actually respond back to you. So I'm going to jump in the chat real quick. Um, a bunch of people are showing up. I love to hear from you guys how you're doing that with your music business. Um, you know, I know one girl in my academy has set up her own personal Facebook group so she can respond more directly to people that are interested in her music. Uh, what are you guys doing? Are you using Facebook Messenger? Are you actually responding to people's comments on your posts? Are you asking questions in your emails to get people to respond? Because I really believe in 2018, more than ever, it's going to be important to actually generate relationship. And I mentioned a little earlier before some of you might have showed up that I am going to talk next week about the new Facebook algorithm because they are doing this as well. They are saying that, you know, we're going to reward people that are actually starting a conversation and having a conversation and doing something like Indie Interactive 
is in my hope a conversation that not only will Facebook reward me for, but will hopefully help you guys as well and help deepen my relationship with you and help me know what it is I can help you with by me asking you questions. Um, things are just going to be in general more one-to-one -one this year and don't feel like you have to respond to every little thing but when you see people really recognizing and responding to what you do um, especially across multiple channels definitely respond to them personally and don't feel like you know, some things sometimes we feel like we need to get into this mode of being a corporate brand, even as a musician. I know I used to think that. I used to think, oh, I need people to feel like I have a manager and I have a label and I would never respond to someone directly because I'm too good for that. We need to get rid of that mindset. And, you know, I've been fighting myself to get rid of that mindset for the past three years because I know it doesn't serve me. Nobody is gonna want to you know, join the Female Musician Academy if they don't know who I am as a person, if they don't trust me, and if they don't think that I can teach them something, and that I care, genuinely care about what they are doing. And the same thing with you guys. No one's gonna wanna buy your music unless they feel like they have a connection with you, and that can be created by a two-way conversation. Um, okay, so lesson number two is double down on what's working. So for me, um, this last year, I completely doubled down on the Women of Substance podcast because it was growing. It was growing like crazy. And the radio station, you know, wasn't growing. And it was taking my time away from what I could be doing to promote the podcast. And once I saw that the podcast was really taking off, I doubled down my time on that. And I eventually closed down the radio side because I just think in 2017 and now 2018 that on demand is where it's at. And, you know, I don't think that people are expecting things to be more like a radio station anymore. Podcasts are coming to the forefront. People are wanting to be able to listen to things when they want to. And that's why the podcast was growing. And so I shut down what I felt wasn't serving me. I've put all my time into the podcast and now, you know, we are getting 10,000 plus listeners a month in December. You know, I really doubled down by doing more shows for holidays and we got over 15,000 downloads that month. So the way this applies to you guys, and if any of you have been through the, um, double your productivity and profit in 90 days, I talk about this in analyzing your income and seeing what is working and actually doing more of that. I think sometimes we think, okay, this is my bread and butter thing, but now I need to expand into all these other areas. And yes, you do, but I think you should start with doing more of the thing that you know is working, right? So, you know, like Facebook Live, like at one point I thought last year, oh, maybe I should stop doing this. It, you know, are people really, you know, getting something out of this? And then I just analyzed it. I said, you know what? No, like this is worth my time. Um, I'm getting more content and more teaching out there. People are benefiting from it. I'm getting comments that people are really, you know, learning and stuff. So I'm going to not only keep doing it, but I'm going to commit to doing it every week. So look at what you're doing. If you're doing a certain kind of concert, if you're recording a certain kind of song, um, you know, maybe you recorded a single and it went really well. Maybe you want to record a whole album of stuff that's similar to that. Maybe you have a certain kind of gig. I mean, for me, when I was performing, 
I started performing at Mothers of Preschoolers and I found that that was just a great gig for me because it was my perfect time of life. I identified with those people. Uh, I would sell a lot of merch. And so I just like doubled down on that and just booked tours with only those kinds of gigs because I knew I could make money at them. So don't forget what's working because you see all these other shiny things that you think that you could do to add income, you know, make sure that you've explored expanding what is already working as far as you want to expand that before you go into new sources of income. Okay, so lesson number three is keep your audience's best interest in mind with whatever you do. So for me, that's all about making sure that what everything I do is aligned with my mission. And obviously my mission is not only to, you know, to promote female artists specifically, to help you guys make a living from music as much as you want to, whether you're part-time or full-time, and to get, help you get your music out there. That is my mission. And I need to make sure not only that, but you know the music that i promote is very um specifically you know with women of substance i'm looking to promote music that's really good as really heart centered that's really um focused on you know doing good in the world or just really high quality you know it's a specific platform and so i need to make sure that everything that i promote throughout the year really aligns with that and i think i did a better job of that last year than I have in the past and I want to do an even better job of that and one way that I'm doing that is trying to make sure that everybody I partner with you know we are completely on the same page we are you know aligned in our missions you know people like Michelle Lockie and um, Tara B that I'm going to be helping her um, promote something coming up soon and um, bringing in new people that I think have great content that can really help you guys like my friend Ann Heaton I posted um, over the weekend about her summit about um, how the song came to be which is all about how we write songs and how we write songs from the heart and soul and I just love her approach so my pledge to you guys this year is I'm not going to bring you anything that doesn't feel completely aligned with my platform and what I want to do for you guys. And, you know, that starts with knowing what your mission is, of course, that we go through in um, the, you know, a lot of the different trainings that I do and knowing, you know, how you want to show up as a brand but also just really understanding your audience. And part of that is making sure that you survey them as often as you need to. I have mentioned to my academy members that I will be putting out a survey very soon to make sure that everything I'm doing in there is what they want and if there's ways I can improve upon that. And you know, in the past I've done surveys to my whole audience to make sure that you know the things that we cover in the podcast and on this show are stuff that are gonna help them. And I really encourage you guys to do that to your audience. You know, everything from you know doing a full-on survey to just, you know, I'm trying to decide what kind of t-shirt to buy. Ask your audience. You know what? Why not make sure that you're serving them? Um and just make sure that everything that you promote you know even down to like who you what what artists you play with you know who you choose as your opening act or who you choose to open for you know we need to make sure that that whole bill is going to serve our audience right 
we don't want to you know invite them to come see us and then have another artist there just be completely not you know for example if you're like positive focused um even like maybe a christian artist or something like that and then you were to be on a bill with somebody that was just completely the opposite completely negative music and you know lots of swear words or whatever that just would not serve your audience right and i think we all know that but i think there's differing degrees of doing that and we want to make sure that everything we do is totally aligned with what we would want as an audience member i talk a little bit sometimes on email about making sure that we are approaching everything as a fan think like a fan and so, you know, if we play at a certain venue, like would you as a fan want to go to that venue? Is it like a weird CD bar that you wouldn't want to go to? <laughs> you know, then don't play there. That's that's going to reflect on you and your brand. I'm reading a few of the comments here. Carol, oh, thank you so much, Carol. She says, I've been a godsend in information, inspiration, and building friendships. That's so great. I'm so glad to hear that. That's what I'm, you know, focusing on and trying to make sure that both the groups that I run are all about. Okay, so number four, and I like this one because it rhymes, you know, it's like if the glove doesn't fit, we must acquit. I mean, it just helps to remember. So this one is called test before you invest. Um, and it's useful when it rhymes because it's so much easier to remember. So test before you invest means to make sure that before you make a big investment of either time or money in something, that you do something to test it out first. Now my example is two courses that I created last year. Uh, the first one I just was like, oh, I'm sure that this is gonna be absolutely what, what my audience wants. I'm just gonna go ahead, I'm gonna create it, I'm gonna spend all this time creating it. And it took me way longer than I wanted. And when I finally got it done, you know, I sold some, but it wasn't the kind of response that I expected. And then a few months later, I said, okay, I wanted to do this other course. And so instead of creating it all in advance, I did a test run. I explained to people what it was. And I said, you know, this is what I'm doing. Are you willing to invest in this? And, you know, trust me. And enough people did that I decided to create the course. And that was just a so much better plan for me because I didn't, first of all, feel frustrated and angry that I had spent all this money and time on a course that just didn't, it had the lackluster results for what I wanted, what I was expecting. And the second one, it's like, yeah, I got enough people that said yes, raised their hand, that they wanted to do it that I felt comfortable investing my time in it. So the way this can apply to you guys is that there are so many ways that you can test what you're doing in places before you put it out there in front of a big audience. So, you know, you've got new songs, and I've mentioned this before, open mics are a great place to test those. You're testing in front of a cold audience that, you know, they don't even know you, they don't already have a relationship with you, and if they like the song, then I can pretty well guarantee your artist, your, um, fans will like it. Um, you know, if you're trying to decide whether to buy some really big piece of equipment or you're trying to decide whether you want to set up a home studio, you know, don't go invest in all that. Go find a place you can try it out first. Um, you know, take a class and make sure that you really want to do a home studio, that you feel like you could become competent at learning how to record before you make a huge investment in that. Um, because I think sometimes 
we can just be like, okay, I know that this is what the direction I want to go. You know, for example, maybe you, you decide that you want to focus a lot on live video. And so you go out and you buy this really fancy camera and you buy this, you know, audio equipment and all this stuff. And then it turns out that you really hate going live on Facebook or you don't feel comfortable with it or you get too scared to even start and then you spend all this money on this equipment. You don't need to go big or go home. Like you can start with your phone and just test it out and make sure that this thing is something that fits your personality and fits, you know, the way you want to do your business in the future and that you're going to be able to get past any discomfort or, you know, anything that might be a barrier to you actually doing this thing and using the thing that you invested in. So definitely test before you invest in 2018. And, you know, if you can't test, then ask. Like, that's why we have the Female Musician Academy. That's why we have the Female Indie Musician Community, um, which is a large group where you can go in and say, hey, do you have an experience with this? You know, whether it's online software, whether it's recording equipment, whether it's, you know, even going to a certain venue, you can ask people, have you done this before? Have you tried this marketing approach before you invest in it? And make sure that you get some good responses so you know whether it would be worth trying. Um, so that's what I have to say on test before you invest. Number five is, and let's see how I wrote it down here. Okay. Don't compromise your why. So in 2017, um, you know, I had built a business that was keeping me quite busy. And because, and I thought, you know, I needed to do this and that and this and that in my business. And I had all these ideas of the way that it needed to be run because I was comparing myself to other people. And I lost sight a little bit of my, some of my why. I didn't lose sight of my mission but I lost sight of some of my personal why, of why I'm in business for myself. And some of that was to make sure that I could be available for my kids, to make sure that you know I wasn't tied down to this eight to five job where I couldn't help them with their homework or where I couldn't be available to go to the physical therapist with them, or I couldn't be available to you know um, teach them some music related things. And also that, you know, I could do some special things with them by just reorganizing the way I use my time. You know, even if I'm still an eight-hour day, I can reorganize my day such that I can spend more time doing stuff with them. Also, you know, I wanted a flexible schedule so I could make sure to focus on my health because I knew that when I had an eight-to-five job, it was so difficult to actually go out there and exercise, you know, and keep up with consistency and all that. So the, although those things were very important to me on why I set my business up this way, I was losing sight of those things in 2017. And luckily, as I was reaching burnout in the summer and I went on vacation, I was able to realize that, you know, unless I reorganized my business in a way that made sure that I prioritized the things that I started it for in the first place, then I wasn't going to be able to continue long term. So once I did that, I was able to organize my calendar so I could build things in. And I did a really good job of this in December, making sure that I had time to 
you know, perform as much as I wanted to perform, making sure that I had time to do lots of special things with my kids, like making, you know, having a whole day of making cookies, going to the tea house, um, you know, all the seeing the Christmas lights, all that stuff. I made sure to build that into my calendar so I could still feel good about why I was doing this business. And I didn't always have to say to them, you know, I'm too busy to do this. So I would love to hear from you guys what you guys are going to, you know, prioritize this year in 2018 and make sure that your musician business is serving that. Because I know that all of you aren't doing this just because you want to make money. You know, I know that you want to make an impact. I know that you want to be able to live a lifestyle and, you know, a lifestyle of health and, um, you know, feeding your soul and all of that. And so, you know, maybe that's needing to build in more time for uh, meditation and, you know, self-evaluation. Maybe that's building, making sure that you organize your schedule such that you have time to focus on your health. And, you know, for me, it's definitely I've needed to organize my schedule to make sure that I have time to do a little bit of meal prep and, you know, forcing myself to exercise before I get started with work, because I know if I do, I, I you know, get started, I might not get back up, stuff like that. Um, so I just want to encourage you in 2018 that I know you have many whys, and that's been part of an exercise that we do of figuring out your core values making sure that you're still serving your core values with your business. And it's a balancing act, right? You know, usually one of our core values is, you know, I need to make money or prosperity or whatever, but we also have a core value of flexibility or freedom um, and, you know, personal development. So just making sure that your business doesn't get too much weighted toward one or two of those things and the other things are going out the window because I can tell you from experience if you don't maintain that balance you probably will burn out and I don't want you guys to burn out because you're all making great music and the world needs it ah so Carol's talking about the 80 20 rule which is great um, and it kind of goes along with what I said in number two about doubling down on the things that are working so the 80 20 rule which I definitely talk about is that basically we 20% of the things that we do actually provide 80% of the results. So a lot of times we're doing lots of little things that are maybe adding a little tiny bit to, you know, our income or to, you know, our business, but there are only 20% of those things that are really bringing in the bulk of say our money or our fans or our notoriety or whatever it is that we're trying to build in our business. And so it really is worthwhile to sit back and look at what is providing you 80% of that and to double down on that because we should be spending a lot more time on those things that are really generating 80% of the results. You know, maybe you're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and if you look back, you're finding out that really the only place that you're getting a ton of engagement is Instagram. Well, then maybe you don't need to be on all those other platforms. Maybe you need to double down on Instagram. Um, maybe you just need a very basic presence on Facebook 
just in case there's some people there that you don't want to miss, but you want to put extra effort into the one that's working, right? So that's the 80-20 rule, and that is a great suggestion, Carol. So I'm going to just go back over the, my top five since some of you missed this, and just know that this always becomes a podcast on Wednesdays on um, femmusician.com. So if you want to go back and listen to this, or of course you can always go back and watch the replay here. Um, but number one is relationship is everything. So I'm going to be focusing more this year on individual relationships. And I encourage you guys to be doing that as well with your fans. Um, Annie mentioned that she considers her fans as friends. And absolutely, we totally should feel that way about our fans. Um, so cast a wide net and then see who comes back to you. You're not gonna catch everybody, right? There's gonna be people that aren't gonna to wanna to interact one-on-one, -on -one, but there's gonna be people that do, and reward those people with your time. I'm gonna be spending more specific time this year on responding one-on-one -on -one to people, email, on email, on Facebook, um, on Facebook Messenger when I send out many chats. I have had the most success with not only, you know, developing great relationships and help feeling knowing that I help people but also making sales when I am interacting one-on-one -on -one with people and I know that'll be the case for you guys too if you put that work in next time you do a crowdfunding those people will be the first people to jump on board next time that you've got a concert in their area they will be the first ones to buy tickets Okay, so, and also that I'm gonna be talking next week on Indie Interactive about how this relates to the new Facebook algorithm and how we can make sure that we are playing nice with the new algorithm because I know there's been a lot of talk out there about Facebook Zero for pages and that our posts aren't gonna be seen. And there are ways we can get around this and it all involves relationships. So I'm gonna talk about that next week. Um, number two was, double down on what's working. So that goes along with what Carol said about the 80-20 rule. Number three is always keep your audience's best interest in mind whenever you're making decisions. Number four was test before you invest. A lovely rhyme to remember to make sure that, you know, you've really done your due diligence in testing things before you really go all in on anything, you know, test out songs at an open mic before you record them, make sure that they resonate or test them out online with your audience. You know, test equipment before you spend lots of money buying it. Take a class in recording to make sure you actually enjoy doing it before you invest in a huge, you know, investment of a home studio, all of that. Take, keep that in mind and always keep in the back of your mind test before you invest. And number five was, don't compromise on your why. And I talked about how I was, um, you know, losing track a little bit of some of my why for last year. I was very focused on how I would help you guys, but I lost a little bit of focus on how my why serves me and how I wanted to build a business that made it possible for me to be healthy as a whole person and to be able to take time for my family and for my own personal development and health. And I got a little too focused on the business side. So make sure that you guys don't lose track of that because it doesn't matter, you know, how much you're serving your fans. Eventually, you if you don't take care of yourself, you'll burn out and you won't be able to serve them. 
So always try to keep in mind that balance in your life. Um, in the meantime, it's been great hanging out with you today. Thank you so much for showing up. Again, we are live every Monday morning at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I guess it's morning for whoever it's morning for. And if you're in Europe, it's obviously evening. Um, but that's our time every week. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.